Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Log Talk Radio. matches in the universe, and I'm joined once again by One Silva. What's up, man? Hey, good evening, Logan. Tonight we discuss three great matches from the 1980s, three single matches, five of the six competitors in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Right, and uh, how many of these guys are dead? Uh, only a couple, right? Andre... <laughs> Only Andre's dead of the six, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. Dynamite Kid, he's still alive? Oh, he's still alive. He is. I did not yeah. know that. Okay, so uh, so we got... And Tiger Mask, of course, is still around. He's a cripple. Uh, he's in a wheelchair. He's confined to a wheelchair, but he is alive. But Tiger Mask is doing okay. Yeah, Tiger Mask is alive. He's a, he's a wrestling trainer. Stan Hansen is retired with a load of money out in Texas. And, um... Uh, Barry Windham works for the WWE, and his um his nephew is doing great things in um as Bray Wyatt. So yes. So okay, so we have uh, three matches here. Why don't we go through them? What, what were the matches? All right, from September twenty third, nineteen eighty one, New Japan, from Japan, Stan Hansen.
Manson versus what was the greatest match of his career, the legendary Andre the Giant. Then we go to August 30th, 1982. I was at this match. Madison Square Garden, one of the great feuds in the history of professional wrestling, one of the great, the great rivalries. The original Tiger Mask versus the aforementioned Dynamite Kid. And then the final match. Oh, man, I've, I've gotten a brain fart here. What the fuck? Oh, the final match is Ric Flair versus uh, Barry Windham. From Valentine's Day, 1986, Battle of the Belts in uh, uh, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Championship Wrestling Group, Florida. Nature Boy Ric Flair defends the NWA World Championship against Barry Windham. Okay, so now we got like, uh, so we, let's go, let's start with the uh, Tiger Mask one, man. Yeah, from 1981 to 1983, Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid embarked in one of the great rivalries and feuds of all time. This is up on the level of Tanahashi Okada, Flair Steamboat, Frisco, as far as one of the great in-ring feuds of all time. It's just a sensational feud, and these guys have been so influential in so many wrestlers today. You see Daniel Bryan, Jushin Liger, Chris Benoit before he died. All of these guys were idolized, these two guys. Ultimo Dragon as well. Yeah, obviously. So we got this. Uh, but now he comes in to this match with a, with a junior championship or something. Uh, um, Tiger Mask is the World Wrestling Federation Junior Heavyweight Championship, and he's defending it here in Madison Square Garden against uh, the Dynamite Kid. Right. So uh, this championship, uh, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, because I'm not really familiar with it. Well, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the original junior heavyweight champion was Tatsumi Fujinami in 79-1980. Then he moved up to heavyweight, and Tiger Mask received the belt afterwards, and he was defending it, and he was the main champion throughout the early 1980s. So he was in the WWF then. Uh, well, but New Japan and, all, and New Japan and the World Wrestling Federation had a trade agreement up until 1985. Got it. All right, so yeah, and so you have Dynamite Kid here, um, mainly known for his uh, tag team stuff, right? At this point, or is, oh, at this a- point, at this point, Dynamite Kid was along with Tiger Mask, the two big stars of the New Japan Junior Heavyweight Division. He wasn't a tag team wrestler yet. Okay, so he's. Yeah, I guess we all know him as the British Bulldog, but uh, at that time well, he was. He went into the WWF until. 1984, I believe, with the great uh, Davy Boy Smith. Up until this point right here in 1982, Dynamite Kid is basically a singles wrestler. All right. So he's challenging here, and, uh, man, what a what a start to this match. Instantly, uh, you can see the uh, flying tactics of Mr. Uh, Tiger Mask. He's got quite a spring um, in his step, he, doesn't he? He might have the greatest footwork in the history of professional wrestling. And he's light on his fucking feet. Yeah, I mean, in in the first sequence, uh, he goes from a headlock, very quickly twirls around to a leg um, uh, block or something. I mean, you see that movie does where he just kind of flips around David Boy's body super fast. There was another move where he throws Dynamite Kid into the ropes and then he one leg kicks off his, his, his arm off a dynamite's uh, chin and does a somersault, just ridiculous. Yeah, he runs up. <laughs> he runs up dynamite's chest and then yeah. like 
all the, you know, his both of his feet flips yeah. over and then comes back with a, uh, I think it's a back body drop and then a drop kick. That sequence is incredible as well, uh, knocking uh, him out. It's yeah, just, you know, then he looks like he's going to jump over the top rope, but instead he fakes it and twirls back into the ring. Uh, just awesome on his feet. I want to talk about a match, and um, the first time I ever saw Tiger Mask was this match. But then later on in 1982, on uh, WWF Championship Wrestling, there was a match between him and Mr. Saito that were fucking off the charts, but I can't find it anywhere. I mean, just a ridiculous match. This guy was just sensational. Now, where, what was his nationality? Mexican, right? Oh, he's Japanese, but he had his start in Mexico. Okay, because I know all the... Uh... Spanish guys. No, he's Japanese, Saturo Sayama. But okay. he wrestled in Mexico, and they still talk about it to this day. He had a Bruce Lee gimmick in Mexico. I believe the guy's name was Sammy Lee or some shit like that, where he played a Bruce Lee-type character, which went over huge in Mexico. Okay, so so in Mexico, he didn't use the Tiger Max gimmick, is what you're saying. I believe, uh, no, he was known as Sammy Lee. You know, he was portrayed as a, as, as a kung fu expert, like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's brother, Sam. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, because I just I, I know that like um, he 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 just had a big name. I mean, he was one of those wrestlers that people would name like Hulk Hogan, Tiger yeah, Mask. You were when you were a kid. He was one of the five or six names that that would that you oh did you it was like Superfly Snooker, Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog, Dusty Rhodes, and Tiger Mask, and Andre the Giant. Kind of a ridiculous name, too. Tiger Mask. But, uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so he, he he's, uh... So in this match, he's... I mean, you know, you got uh, David Boy kind of showing his... Get, using his power now and then to get the advantage, but this guy just kept flipping out of everything. You, uh, there was, the thing I noticed, Dynamite Kid in this match, while he's cut up, is not as as loaded as he was when he came to the WWF a couple of years later. Oh, yeah. He's completely, uh, he's he's pumped up. He looks, you know, he's got that Chris Benoit physique, but, yeah, he's definitely, uh, definitely uh, less less muscly. But, uh, and quick, man, and very fast as well. And uh, Dynamite Kid, one of the greatest workers in the history of the sport. Uh, first ballot, Hall of, um, 1996, Meltzer put him in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, deservedly so. If you want to go top five greatest junior heavyweights of all time, these are two of the top five. Yeah, I mean, early in the match, he has Tiger, uh, and then Tiger Mask, you know, his amazing feet. He, he gets his head between uh, Dynamite's legs, and he kind of just does a headstand and a weird little move and pops right out. I love that. <laughs> um, and then um, there's this one scene, uh, yeah, and that one sequence that you were talking about with that crazy kick, you know, when uh, Baby Boy's in the corner, um, he he's it looks like Baby Boy's going for like a power bomb or something, and Tiger Mask reverses it into like some kind of arm drag, and then yes. sends him into the rope, and then does yes. that crazy kick. And they guess yes, and these two guys had such great chemistry, they could create stuff off the top, oh, they could improvise right away, and they would be able to. You know, do it flawlessly. It was just a great. And they talk about uh, uh, wrestling ballet, which you would call it, with these two guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, it, it's, I mean, this match is pretty quick. I mean, it's eight minutes. Uh, at the end, uh, Dynamite misses with a flying headbutt, 
Uh, and then he gets suplex, and then Tiger goes for the moonsault, gets the pin. And uh, and a uh, great ending to a great match. Man, Dynamite Kid, so many times, he that fucking headbutt off his top rope. Uh, we, well, the last match we talked about Dynamite Kid was that WrestleMania 2 match against a uh, beefcake and Valentine, where he takes a back bump to the concrete floor. God damn, that guy was reckless with his body. The reason why he's in a wheelchair and crippled. Absolutely, yeah. He just uh, took all kinds of risks. Now, uh, this, I heard, was... One of uh, Vincent Mann's favorite matches, uh, but uh, you know that's just rumor. But uh, you know, for well, a guy that likes big guys, you well, know, he was he, announced at the match, and he's probably you know he probably remembered this when they went and signed down to my kid a couple years later. Yeah, I bet he did. And uh, he, I mean, it, it's interesting that he likes this match so much, given that that he likes those big guys, and I don't think big guys could be doing these things. But uh, but yeah, they they definitely uh, pulled it off here. And uh, I, you know, I like the idea of a cruiserweight champion uh, or a junior champion. Um, I, I don't know why they don't still do that, but uh, they did it in WCW for a while, and uh, I thought it worked. Uh, the smaller guys get to shine, and uh, I, I wish they would go back to that. But then, you know, then they put Daniel Bryan there, and uh, not in that. <laughs> so All right, real quickly that? before we go to the next match, um, Dynamite Kid. I mean, Tiger Mask would only wrestle with New Japan for another year when he would quit because he he had he had discovered that Antonio Noki, the head of New Japan, the top star and the president of New Japan wrestling, was embezzling money and stuffing his pockets and stealing money from the other wrestlers. So Tiger Mask outed him but no one would take his no one would no one would no one would side with him. So in disgust he quit and he became a mixed martial artist which he did for basically for the last 30 years he's been involved in mixed martial arts. Oh, shit. Uh, so he's kind of one of the early uh, the early practitioners of this Yes, uh, yes. he's one of the early practitioners of mixed martial arts. Yes, he, he helped form the Universal Wrestling Federation in 1984, which was the first mixed martial arts company known to mankind worldwide. Okay, well, listen, uh, we're going to... Uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't set this show up correctly, so we're going to get cut off. So I'm going to, I'm going to call you right back with. Uh, All right, I'll wait on your call. I wait on your call. In, in, your in, call. A, in about ten, five, ten minutes. Hello. Due to technical difficulties, we're unable to get the review sound of the Andre versus Hanson match. We will get that at some future date. We're going to pick up with the. Flair versus Wyndham match from 1986. Okay, back now, and we are talking. We just finished talking about Andre versus Stan Hansen. Anything else you want to add about that? Now we go on to the final match of three matches: Ric Flair versus Barry Wyndham for the NWA Championship of Championship Wrestling before the Battle of the Belts, number two, February 14th, 1986. Yeah. Now this match. Um, what, what was it called? Battle of the Belts? Florida, uh, NWA Florida, Championship Wrestling with Florida, at this time run by Mike Graham, the son of Eddie Graham. Um, it was a Florida territory, territory of the NWA, and they had every six months a Battle of the Belts. They had one in September of 85, February of 80, 86, which we're talking about, and they'll, they would have one final one in September of 86. And on our next program, we'll be talking about a match from that Battle of the Belt. So, yeah, this was their big, sort of like WrestleMania 
a Starcade type event for the Florida Territory. So uh, with um, Barry Windham now, number one contender here, um, he hadn't been in the Horsemen or anything. This was way no, before no. that. He had, he had left. He, he hadn't been in the promotion six months. He left the WWF in August of 1985 to go back to Florida to help run Florida with his father, Barry Windham, and to help um, his brother, Kendall Windham, was wrestling at that time as a 20-year-old skinny motherfucker. But um, Barry Windham went back to help them run this territory. Okay, well, uh, this match then, uh, they they had, now, how many matches did they wrestle? I just remember them being kind of like feuding for a while. Well, they, they wrestled several times in Florida prior to this when Flair first became NWA champion in the early 80s. Um, Wyndham would be one of the guys he would always wrestle when he would visit the Florida Territory, and and, and in this occasion as well. At, at this point in time, Barry Wyndham was the top face in, in Florida, with the top heel being Lex Luger, the Southern Heavyweight Champion, a rookie Lex Luger. And uh, Ric Flair here uh, in his little promo at the end, he doesn't sound too heelish to me. Uh, he's kind of love playing. the promo, love the promo. Kind of ironic, the guy who interviews him, Buddy Colt. Both of these guys were involved in major plane uh, uh, plane accidents, uh, pl- plane crashes. Both of these guys, uh, Buddy Coates' plane crash ended his career, and Ric Flair's uh, plane crash kept him out of wrestling for six months. Damn. And um, so, yeah, this guy is sucking his cock in this interview, telling him he's the greatest champion of all time, and uh, Ric Flair's just, like, calmly agreeing with it. Um, but... Uh, Greatest of all time. Not only what I love about this, the beginning of the match, the, the introductions. Ric Flair comes down to the ring tonight. His 2001 song, but Easy Lover. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? That that, I love that shit. <laughs> wow, no, you don't get more 80s than Ric Flair and Easy Lover by Phil Collins and Philip Bailey. I don't know what it was with Phil Collins in wrestling, but, like, they used him a lot. Uh, I know that uh, Vince would always end Saturday Night's main event with his shit, but... Uh, I remember one, one promo that Jim Advil had that had me rolling. Him and Bret Hart were being interviewed on a Saturday Night's main event. I think it was either 89 or 90, and he tells me, Gene, just like Phil Collins said, two hearts can beat us one. <laughs> <laughs> So true, man. So you get um, Wyndham, of course, uh, comes in. Um, he's a lot bigger than Flair, and uh, he starts getting the upper hand. He Flair bails, um, and then Wyndham gets that uh, headlock on Flair. Now, there's a lot of wrestling in this. Like, this is a great fucking match. Unbelievable. This match incorporates brawling, wrestling, psychology, and all those critics of Flair who say every match looks the same, this match looks nothing like another Flair match we've covered. Yeah, look, this looks totally unique in and of itself. Uh, yes. You have Flair doing a lot of moves that you don't usually see. Um, well, Flair but, was phenomenal in this match, and Flair always stepped it up when he wrestled guys. Ric Flair's favorite opponents throughout, his, throughout the 80s were Kerry Von Erich, Barry Windham, Hacksaw Butch Reed, and Ricky Steamboat. He loved wrestling those guys because those guys could hang with him, and those guys made him look good, and he made them look even better. 
Yeah, so, I mean, this this match goes on. I mean, this match is almost like a 45-minute match or something. I, I mean, it's 41 minutes. It's 40, a 41-minute match, back and forth, both guys blade. They trade every big book, book uh, move in the book. You got the figure four. Wyndham's figure four was sloppy because his legs are too fucking long to put it on correctly, sort of like Lex Luger. It doesn't work when you have long fucking legs like Barry Wyndham. But when Flair puts it on, he puts it on perfect, and Wyndham does the reverse. It just back and forth. You see Flair gets tossed into the into the corner, and he does the flip, but instead of running to the other side, he just falls to the to the canvas. Yeah. <laughs> in one in one uh, spot, he gets thrown into the rope, and it looks like he slams his head on the rope or something. Yeah, that's and he, beginning of the match, it looks like and he and it's a mistake on his part, but he turns it into. Into it was supposed to happen where he hit his head on the top of the um of 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 the rope and Gordon Soley. By the way, you hear a lot of Jim Ross and Gordon Soley. You see the influence of Gordon Soley and Jim Ross. Gordon Soley at the beginning talks about Rick Flair came from the University of Minnesota. Barry Windham, a graduate of West Texas State University. You hear a lot of you see where Jim Ross got his broadcasting style by. Listening to Gordon Soley, Gordon Soley was phenomenal in this fucking match. And Mike Graham, even though he's an asshole, was great in this match as well. Talked to, comparing it to football and basketball, and, and how he, like when Flair puts his foot on the ropes while while he's in the um in the in the when when Flair, when Wynn has Flair in the Boston Crab, Flair grabs the ropes and Graham says that's like running out of bounds in football. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and he, when he gets him in that thing, uh, Flair sells the fuck out of it afterward. Like, he can't Wyndham, barely get up. Wyndham is wrenching back on it like he really has got the hold on. Oh, yeah, he's really uh, – Flair is showing his flexibility there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when he gets hit with his head on that rope thing, he plays possum, um, and uh, it looks like uh, Wyndham kind of backs off and then gets chopped for his trouble. So uh, that uh, – that kind of kicks the not- match up a notch where basically, like, you know, Wyndham stops fucking giving Flair anything and just starts going after him. And I he's. You know what I love about this match, you don't see, other than the only time I saw Flair be a heel of cheat is when he had uh, Wyndham in the figure four and he held the ropes. Other than yeah. that, clean match. And But that's classic Flair stuff to do that. Um, and. Uh, He's he you know they they're just constantly going back and forth and reversing each other and then getting a little bit of the upper hand. I mean, no, I mean I think for the most of the match it's it's Wyndham, but Flair gets a lot of offense also, and so they're they kind of both make each other look very good. Um, there's there's a um, there's a ref bump and uh, then Flair basically throws. Um, Wind them uh, over, over the top rope. Yeah. And uh free off one of our favorite managers, Fonzie, Bill Alfonso. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's he's good. And um Bill Alfonso was a great referee, yes. Now they they, they you know, there's there's a great of uh, you said there's a figure four by there's a sleeper by Flair, there's a sleeper by Wyndham. Yeah. Once again, Gordon Soley, phenomenal. And you kids out there, do not try this at home because when you cut off the carotid artery, artery, sounding like Gorilla Monsoon, the carotid artery, you can really do damage. Youngsters out there, do not try this at home. 
I know, man. And and it's 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 uh, it's great too, just because uh, they they also talk about his sleeper not being that good, you know, like uh, when he was saying like that. Um, but another thing, Flair doesn't use the sleeper. He used it in this match. This match the, looked like Flair's a typical Flair match. This looks like something totally different. Flair goes gets a pile driver, on. Uh, that was the worst move of the match because Flair does not do a good pile driver and. Wyndham's head came nowhere near the canvas. <laughs> no, it looked like the the Harley race shit that Harley race used to do. It was do. all uh, it was all it was all Flair's ass. That was the yeah, exactly. Um, he gets reversed and backdrop when he tries to go for it again. Uh, big lariat by Wyndham, um, and uh, that's where you know Flair's just throwing that foot up on the rope. Oh, the you count. Flair's timing is uncanny. The referee's going one. Two and right before he hits three, Flair puts his foot on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and that's where he gets thrown into the turnbuckle and flips under the floor. Um, that and then Wyndham goes out and th- and puts head, uh, Rick's head into the ring post. Then uh, when they get back in the ring, um, Wyndham gets. What I love about this part, he 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 hits Flair hits the post, falls down. Then Wyndham talks to so to distract the fans. Wyndham barks at Alfonso so Flair could do the quick blade. <laughs> oh, okay, that's where it was. Um, and uh, so then, um, so Wyndham's got Flair in the corner. He's pounding him. Flair gets him for the reverse atomic drop. And then uh, Flair dr- throws Wyndham out of the ring. And then when um, he's going for, he's trying to come back in the ring, he goes for the sunset split. Flip, uh, I think he almost gets a count there, and then he goes on the sleeper. Uh, he gets a sleeper on Flair. Uh, Flair, and that's you, I see now. Yeah, Flair is bloody at this point, and I, I wondered how, where the fuck he did that. That was from the post, uh, and then then uh, Wyndham distracts the referee and distracts the fans so Flair could uh, blade real quick. So there's one good move here too, where Wyndham uh, is trying to get out of the sleeper, and he falls forward into the turnbuckle and bashes. Flair's head into it. Love that. Love that section. Yes. Flair gets a pretty awesome suplex on a big man here, uh, and uh, Flair was always good at that uh, suplex that he left hanging in the air. Will leave you hanging for a few seconds. Love. You still love that suplex. Yeah. Um, he's he's set, starting to set him up for the figure four, putting him uh, Wyndham's leg on the rope, um, and then we finally get the figure four by Flair. He's grabbing the ropes for leverage. Um, Wyndham eventually turns that shit over. Um, and then Flair does his little top rope spot. And uh, Wyndham misses the knee, you know, goes for a knee drop and misses. Uh, Flair gets the upper hand. And then Flair uh, jumps on um, both feet, jumps on Wyndham's chest with both feet. Saw that move. Uh, that's something he doesn't usually do. Um, he, he gets it. He throws him into a, uh, I guess he gets a knee in his stomach. He gets a two count. Uh, then that's where the ref bumps, and Ric Flair throws Wyndham over the top. And uh, Wyndham gets an awesome drop kick off the top rope. Yes. Uh, yes, but because the, ref was, well, because the ref was bumped, Wyndham doesn't get the three count. So this right here keeps Wyndham alive, even though he doesn't win the match. Keeps Wyndham alive as a, as, as a fresh opponent. He keeps his what you call it, I forgot the term, but it keeps his mojo going because he should have won the match. 
So Wyndham goes for a uh, sleeper, and then he goes for a splash. Uh, Flair gets his knees up, um, and then he goes for the figure four and gets cradled, but they're in the ropes. So then uh, big suplex by Wyndham. Wyndham then misses with the elbow drop. Flair does a flip off the rope, gets a fist in the stomach. You know, that thing where he runs to the other side and jumps off. He, he gets punched in the stomach. Uh, both go over the top together, um, and uh, they're they're counted out uh, after brawling outside. So it was, uh, you know, I'm sure it was disappointing conclusion for the people that were uh, watching, but, you know, it was a great match while you're watching it. It really looked like Wyndham was going to maybe win the title. This match was voted the Observer Match of the Year for 1986. And as you can see, just a sensational match. And um, on the next wrestling program that we do, we'll be talking about his September 1986 Battle of the Belts 3 match with Lex Luger, which was the first great match of Luger's career. I mean, Flair made Luger look like a million dollars. And we'll be talking about that match on the next show. Uh, This was a great match. Flair continued to travel as the NWA champion. Wyndham would eventually leave... Florida in early 87 to join the uh, WCW and Crockett promotions and um, he would have a few with, with uh, Flair there. We covered one of those matches from April of 1987 and it was uh, what the fuck? The, the Crockett Cup and we covered that match a year ago. Great match. Now he, he won from Flair at one point or he got the title somehow? He did get the NWA title in 1992. He beat the Great Muda for it, and then he would lose to Flair when Flair returned to WCW in '93. Okay, so he never actually got the win over Flair. No, he never beat Flair for the title. No. But he, but did he ever pin him at all? In non-title in, matches, yeah, never in, in a. In, in non-title, yeah, where where it counted, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, good. So we got these three matches uh, with all these issues, but we finally got them. So, all right, dude. Three different shows, three different matches, but with the magic of technology and Logan's hands, it's all going to be in one edit. It will do. (laughs) You won't even notice. All right, man. Thanks again, dude. We'll talk soon. All right. Talk to you next week, big man. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.